<laughs> yes, hello everybody. It is Thursday. It is nine. So of course that means UK Cowboys time. How we doing, Scottish fellas? Not bad. Can you complain? Good, good. Lord. I think Lauren is just frozen Lord. up. Lord is frozen. Yep. Yes. Someone quick. Oh, 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 oh. oh. there he, he is. He moves slightly. Oh, he's shaking his head. No, whatever you do, don't swear at your computer. We might hear you. <laughs> yeah, we also have a special guest joining us. He's just in the middle of arranging some bits and pieces, and he, and he will be with us any minute. He's literally just getting set up. Um, but yes, it is, of course, uh, season three, uh, episode 58, uh, 188 in total. It's the draft show, yeah? We are deep into the, the, the draft season now. We're getting ever so closer to the big day. Um, so we're going to talk some trade rumours that are coming up. Um, but what about yourself, Paul? How are you feeling as we get a bit closer to the big day? Um, I'm somewhat excited. I'm somewhat excited, you know. Like, I was trying to say this to Meg on our show the yeah. other day there. It's like, I'm more, like, I'm definitely more excited of all the, like, for me, as long as we draft all linemen, that's my number one priority. I just want to make sure, I just want to make sure that we just, just do the right thing. Like, have, you, you, there's no doubt we're going to have one of those luxury picks. The way how thing, the way things are going right now, with all the tra trades going, with all the with the Eagles trade with New Orleans and stuff like that. Like we just don't know what's going to happen at pick number twenty four. But I know for fact, I feel confident that we're going to be drafting for need in rounds two, three, four, and five, and six, whatever. So. um but yeah, I'm I'm somewhat excited. But I just, I just, I'm really curious to know what how the other teams are planning ahead, like how they uh, rate certain players above us or below us. That's the thing I'm really quite intrigued about, and it's and that's the beauty about the NFL draft. You just don't know what to expect, and then truly, and and I keep saying this, it is literally a lottery. You're dealt with a hand, and you just don't know how to. And sometimes you just need to either go all in or fold, whatever. Like, well, that's more poker. I do apologise, but you get the idea. It worked. Yeah. I like the analogy, <laughs> mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> go on, Lauren. You know you're back and you've got some internet going for you. Yep. Um, we're just talking about the, getting closer to the big day. How are you feeling about so it? Just, just before Lauren says he just talked it up, putting a couple of pennies in the wee meter. Yeah, that's oh, it. Oh, I know. <laughs> hamster running again. Yeah, it's typical. I've been sat here 20 minutes talking to Mike just before listening to the trials and tribulations of uh, white chocolate, hot chocolate, wasn't it, Mike? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we're in a deep calm, as soon as, we, as soon as we hit start, my internet goes off. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm really into it now. The, obviously, the, the Beast got released today, so mm -hmm. I've downloaded that and already got it on into a folder. Um, nice. It'll be nice for the. I'm away on holiday on Saturday, so that'll be my reading on the flight. Some light uh, reading, yeah. Yeah, little right light reading. Um, but yeah, as as Paul says, I mean, obviously, it's looking like we're looking at wide receiver and interior offensive men, mm. whether that's centre or guard. I don't know. All depends how the cookie crumbles. Um, you've seen recently, you know. It's, it's gone quiet on the free agency front. Maybe that's it until 
after the draft and they start filling holes after the draft again. But um, mm-hmm. obviously we've been in discussions about Brandon Cooks, um, a couple of other guys as well. Obviously the, the one that went to New England, Devontae Parker, yeah. we'd, we'd apparently approached about that. So yeah, um, yeah. I think we're all in. It does that a lot this time of year. Um, but what we'll do is now he's here. Should we bring in our extremely special guest? Absolutely. I Let's love bring him in. He's, he's extremely special. He's our extremely special VIP. It's Dave the Rave Hellman. What's up, fellas? What's up, bro? Oh, you're uh, here this time. Yeah, I know. I had a lot of time to make up my bro. <laughs> How you doing, man? <laughs> What's up, everybody? Yeah. How you doing? You all right? Oh, yeah. I can't complain. Just uh, the exciting exciting world I live in, uh, doing some laundry in between, you know, draft prep and all that fun stuff. <laughs> all right. So you're living in the fast lane, then? Oh, a hundred miles an hour all the time, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were just talking about some smoke and mirrors uh, that have been going on in the draft. Um, for me, I think, do you know the biggest smoke and mirror thing that has happened so far? I think for me is the the Trayvon Diggs tweet about Stefan Diggs. Oh. Like, if that wasn't the best business move you could ever make. I wouldn't say that after the whole uh, new deal he just signed. No, but that's my point. That's my point. Is that you, Trayvon Diggs goes, ah, let's get Stefan Diggs over here. Miraculously, within a couple of days, he signs a massive deal. Oh, I I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a buzzkill. I never, I mean, I don't think there was ever a ton of merit to Stefan Diggs going anywhere else. I never, never heard much of that or anything. Um, I think him and I think Steph and Trey were just kind of having fun with people. It was entertaining, though. Hmm. Well, yeah. well, it's the it's the usual thing. Mention the Cowboys and you bump up your market value, you know, immediately. You know. <laughs> well, that's very true, Lauren, because every player coming up for the draft or even free agency do it all the time. Main Melvin Gordon uh, did yeah. it. Who's the other guy uh, plays for Cleveland? The defensive end, um, Garrett. Yeah. Yeah, he did it. He did it. Miles Garrett. So, oh, yeah, everyone, I, yeah. I'm, that's it's funny. I've been, you know, this is I'm starting my 10th year covering the Cowboys. And uh, at this point, I kind of laugh when people are like, oh, he said he wants to play for the Cowboys. I was like, yeah, everyone does. What's your point? Yeah. Yeah. Every draft crowd. Zeke did it, too. Zeke, uh, way back before he was ever drafted, he said he wanted to play for the Cowboys. It's the uh, the spotlight, the notoriety, attracted to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as well, no state tax. Doesn't hurt. Does not hurt. <laughs> I we just could do did my that, taxes yeah. like three days ago, and I was like, man, this is pretty cool. Getting to skip the uh, state tax part of the <laughs> of the document. <laughs> yeah. Big, big cross on that one. Um, but yeah, everybody, if you just send us in your questions, give them to Dave um, as we break some things down. We're going to start with some rumours since you're here, because um, we've been getting them over this end. And if there's any guy who's going to tell us, it's going to be you, Mr. Dave. So uh, we'll strike you with the first one. And I want you to try and help us out on this one. Rumour has it, the Cowboys 
are looking to not just draft at the 24th pick, but they are looking to corral something together in a trade to try and trade back into the first. Have you heard any buzz on that? None whatsoever, to be honest with you. Um, okay. It's always possible. Mm-hmm. Um, trading trading into the first round is not easy to do unless you have a ton of resources, which, I mean, the Cowboys have nine picks, but most of those aren't very valuable. I, we just saw the Saints. We saw the Saints trade up a few days ago by using a future one. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be... That would be surprising uh, with the way the Cowboys value the draft and they're obviously pretty good at it. Uh, it would be surprising to see them get rid of a future first, especially in, in a draft that most people agree. There's obviously good players in this draft, uh, but not much in the way of like crazy generational star power. Um, I would be pretty surprised to see them do that. Although I will say, you know, I didn't think that they would just hang in there and make all 11 picks last year. That was very surprising. So, number one, you never know for sure. Number two, I I feel comfortable guessing that they're going to do some trading this year just because they usually do. Now, again, that could mean a lot of things. I'm, I'm thinking like a minor trade, not making two picks in the first round. Um, I would be surprised if they did that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was something that cropped up. Uh, we had Jeff uh, Kavanaugh on last week, and it was literally the rumors started on that one just after we stopped talking to him. And I was like, ah, oh. I was like, all right, that's okay. We'll we'll pose it to Dave. And we'll sky see more, sky more, sky more. Yeah, well, if Jeff was on, of course, y'all talked sky more. We did. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it, it, we talked about it for two shows. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Usman, do you have a pet cat yet? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've got a few. Um, it's funny. One of my favorite players in this entire draft is like, it's a guy that, I mean, the Cowboys don't have a huge, huge need. I don't think it's a position that would get a lot of people excited, but I'm a big fan of Rashad White, uh, the running back out of Arizona State. Yeah. Uh, big, big guy, uh, surprisingly fast for, for as big as he is. He's like six, six, one, two, twenty five, two twenty eight, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, great feet, great vision, patient. And like I said, surprisingly fast. So, I mean, I would like to see the Cowboys draft a running back on day three. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah. Tony Pollard's in a contract year. Uh, and obviously we don't know what the future holds for Zeke. So I would love to hear his name called on Saturday. Um, Christian Watson um, is another guy that I absolutely yeah. love, the North Dakota State receiver. Mm-hmm. If they decide not to draft a receiver in the first round, he's a guy that I think very highly of. Uh, ironically, I keep saying, like, it sucks because he's my pet cat, and I don't think the Cowboys would draft him because he's an okay. FCS player. Yeah, they don't yeah. do that. They don't. They don't do that very often. Certainly not in the top, you know, hundred picks. Um, those are two that. Those are two that spring to my mind right now. I mean, it's so easy to fall in love with receivers. There's so many good ones. Yeah. Uh, you just say a name, and I probably like the guy if he plays receiver. Well, funnily enough, we was talking about on Tuesday Christian Watson. We were saying that in the pre-draft uh, process, when you look at the combine, Christian Watson's probably 
have you know the biggest standout in terms of wide receiver. His jump from state from stage one to stage now. I mean that he 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 absolutely obliterated that combine. It's crazy to me. He's from Florida. You know, he went to North Dakota mm-hmm. State. So like, you look at him and you're like, oh, this guy's. He probably just grew up somewhere where nobody knew that he was there, you know, and so he wound up going to North Dakota State. But he's from Tampa. I I mm. can't believe I can't believe none of the big football schools in the South found that guy. Uh, but hey, whatever. He's going to make it to the NFL regardless. So yeah, the, the, my only problem with it with, with Christian is I think when you watch it, he has um, a lot of what Simi Fajoko's got. He reminds me of him a lot. That's, I mean, yeah, and that big, big bodied guy can run really fast. Um, I think Christian Watson is a little more polished, but I don't, yeah. I totally, I totally get where you're coming from. Simi, Simi did not play a ton of college football. It's been a minute since I've looked at his, his bio, but I remember, like, he went on a mission for a little while, um, like out of country. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I feel I feel like Watson's played more football, but in terms of body, I agree with you. Um, and also, I mean, you know, I don't think the Cowboys will draft Christian Watson. I think they'll probably look for a different style of receiver. But I sure do like watching him play. Yeah, <laughs> go on. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like some myself. Like I keep, I don't know why I keep thinking this, but. I keep looking at like Khalil Shakir from Boise State just because of the whole Kellen Moore relations. As the, I don't know if that may be a type of player that we could be potentially looking at. I don't know what your thoughts are, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I've heard his name a ton. Not so much. I mean, I mainly from like fans and stuff. Not to like get anybody super excited. Um, no, and I think. The Boise connection feels kind of lessened a little bit these days. There's just nowhere near as many Boise guys on their team as there used to be. But yeah. that's that's a guy that Kellen Moore is obviously going to be familiar with. I think he's he can do a variety of things for you. Um, it's funny because you know we try to we try to look at the roadmap. We're like, okay, who are they talking to? Who's visiting mm. the facility? But like. I haven't heard them tied to too many receivers outside of the really big ones like Burks and Olave. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think it's anybody's guess where they go. Let's just assume that they don't draft a receiver in the first round. I think it's anybody's guess where they go. And yeah, I mean, I think Shakir is definitely a name worth knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, at, at the moment, when you look at it and you try and figure out the step by step, you know, like try and connect all the dots together, it's definitely I think when you look at they bring in a wide receiver, James Watson, protect themselves. It's not you're not going into the season going, oh yes, we've got James Washington, but you've got a body to play. Same with the pass rusher with Dante Fowler. There's somebody there to protect you. So you, you say to yourself, okay, but they haven't done anything with offensive line. So to me, when you connect the dots and then you look at the 30 visits, you go, mm, yeah, this is looking like inside offensive line more and more. Which makes me extremely happy. <laughs> I mean, it makes me happy in the sense that I think that that would be a good idea. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if you made me, if you made me guess today who they were going to pick, I would say Zion or Kenyon Green, whichever yeah. one is there. 
Yeah. Uh, I just think it's weird because, like, you just laid it out perfectly, Mike. Like, they usually protect themselves yeah. so that they don't have to do that. And they just decided not to this year at guard and tackle. Like, if they don't come out of the first round with a guard, they're going to be – you talk about trading. They could be in a situation where they have to. Yeah. If you rem- if you remember, um, I bring this up a lot. Uh, 2014, when they trade, they I think they had the 46th pick. They drafted Zach Martin 16th, and then they traded – they used their third – to get up into the second, they drafted Demarcus Lawrence with the second pick of the round. If they don't get a guard the way that this is positioned right now, they might have to do something crazy like that to make sure they get their guy. And that's, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for why they've done that. I guess they just didn't like the, uh, free agent pool at guard this, this spring. Yeah. And it's an interesting one as well that Brian brought up, uh, in our group chat that we have. Is uh, he said it's quite interesting when you think that they haven't done anything with offensive line, and could it be that they don't want to bring in a free agent so it protects themselves for comp picks for next year? That's a good point. Um, but I mean, like you, and yeah, the number of guys you bring onto the team affects how many comp picks you get. But exactly, yeah. they they've lost so many more than they've gained. Like right off the top of my head, I mean. They would get, they're going to get a comp pick for Randy Gregory. They're going to yeah. get a comp pick for Cedric Wilson. Um, and then, uh, it's, you know, a lot of these other guys, like, I don't think it'll be enough to offset that. And again, you know, I get really the answer is, is probably just maybe they like Connor McGovern and Matt Farniak a lot better than people on the outside do. And the yeah. same thing could be said for uh it's really easy to forget about Josh Ball because he Josh didn't play Ball, a single yeah. yeah, he didn't play a single snap last year, but you know, they might be sitting there thinking that they've got a swing tackle already on the roster, whereas the rest of us not so much. Um so that would that would probably be my guess. I don't if there was a guard that they really liked that upgraded their team at the right price, I don't think they would stop themselves from signing him because of comp picks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm in agreement with you there. And, um, yeah, because comp picks are great. And uh, to me as well is I think, is that, w- would Mike McCarthy be happy with that when at the moment he's got hot butts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brian brings, Brian brings that up a lot. Like Mike McCarthy probably isn't interested in playing the long game right now. He's <laughs> like, Hey, I need to win or I'm not going to be the coach. So yeah. Yeah. He's got a, uh, he's got a certain. Sean breathing down his neck, possibly. Perhaps. Although, although, I mean, obviously, New Orleans has sort of tipped their hand in what they're likely to be wanting next year, because obviously (laughs) what they've traded away this year to get get Philadelphia's picks, you know, that's probably what they're looking for in compensation next year. If anybody does decide to bring Sean in... um, Ahead of the game, and then obviously, if it's the Cowboys, you add a little bit extra onto that as well. So, yeah, normally, not, not, yeah, normally fifty percent extra, no doubt. Yeah, you talk <laughs> about how players and draft picks always want to play for the Cowboys. Like nothing the Cowboys do goes under the radar, right? So, yeah, I mean, there, yeah, if that were to happen, I think the price will be significant. Yeah. yeah. 
But here's a scenario I, I chucked out, right, to Jeff last week. We got talking on this one, and I'll get your opinion, is do you think, and there is a way that this could work out, right, but do you think the Cowboys could go offensive line, back-to-back picks with their first two picks? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think they could. Yeah. It's always, I think it's 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 pretty unlikely to see that happen because you have mm-hmm. other things you need to worry about. If yeah. you don't, I mean, if you draft the if you draft a guard in the first round, then you've still got receiver and edge rusher and and tackle and all these other positions. Uh, obviously, um, linebackers probably a space where they could use some help. I don't. I don't think it's impossible at all. I mean, which it's ironic because, um, you know, Connor McGovern hasn't really panned out the way that they thought he would, but they shocked everybody when they took him in 2019. They were like, he's just way better than everybody else that was available. So if you wind up in another situation like that, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you can't rule anything out, but I, I don't, I would say I don't think it's super likely. Yeah, it, uh, we was trying to come up with, with certain ways. We were like saying, well, what if you have Trevor Penning available to you and you pull the trigger on that? Or Ooh. even Tyler Linderbaum uh, well, in first. And I know that that could be an iffy one. But then you go later down into the draft and you go, okay, but then, and this is what we was talking about, but then let, let's say somebody like Ed Ingram available to you then with your second pick. So you'd go Linderbaum and Penning first. And you've got that Ingram there. So there is a way that that could work. Yeah, I think that's a great that's a great uh, way to look at it. It's because I think it would probably take something unforeseen happening in the first round. Because um, like if you just if you draft the guard in the first round, I think you move on to the other things. But like yeah, yeah. yeah let's say you know Charles Cross is a guy that they've been looking at. Yeah, and another. you know. Do I think Charles Cross will fall to twenty four? No, but if for some re- if for some reason he does, though, uh, you draft him without hesitating, and you say, yeah. "Hell yeah!" And then, yeah, then you could look at guys later on, maybe like a Darian Kennard or uh, Dylan, you know, yeah, Cold uh, Chattanooga, yeah, absolutely, or um. Uh, that's that's Paul Skymour, just in case you... That, that's, that's literally... <laughs> Paul Stewart is my Jeff Cavanagh's version of Skymour, pretty much. Is pretty that's much. your pet cat? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, okay. <clears throat> I, get, I mean, I think you and I are in the same boat then, because FCS guys getting drafted in the first few rounds by the Cowboys just doesn't seem all that likely. But, hey, first time, you never know. You never... They. I mean, there's a first time for everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, um, when you go start looking through some of the the thirty visits, there is one particular I am very happy with, uh, and I get your opinion on this. And if you think there's a possibility the Cowboys will draft them, and also where you have him touted for myself, I'm talking about Jelani Woods, the tight end. Um, I was talking about him very early in the season. Uh, I think I spoke to you about it actually. Uh, about Jelani Woods, rocked up, big guy. I've got him as a fourth rounder. Do you think the Cowboys would go there, or do you think they wait till a bit later into day three? I'm starting to wonder if Jelani Woods will be there for you in the third round. Honestly, yeah, I'm uh, 
And yeah, they're definitely interested. They had him on a visit. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see? I mean, I, I tweeted this out. I tweeted this out yesterday. I'll pull it up real quick. Um, his relative athletic score, like if you put together all of his yeah. measurements from all of his workouts, yeah. Uh, going back to 1987, out of 998 tight ends to measure. He had the best numbers. He tested better than Vernon Davis. He tested better than uh, Kyle Pitts even. So, and I get it. I get that your testing scores aren't everything, but then you put on his tape and he's a big athletic guy who can stretch the field. He's not a bad blocker. Uh, I think he goes on day two, honestly. And I think, I think if, so. Yeah. if the Cowboys want him, I lit, I was asking somebody today, I was like, you think Jelani Woods would have to be pick 56 if you were going to get him? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the answer to that for sure, but I'm just, I think, uh, I think we've all been asleep on him a little bit, just in terms of like his value, not who he is as a player. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, it certainly seems to me like he's climbing up the boards a little bit. I guess we'll see for sure in another couple weeks. Yeah, I, I, but I mean, when you look at it, I mean, this is a guy that's two hundred and just over two hundred and fifty pounds, over six foot seven, with an eighty-two inch wingspan. Like, what what you do with that is one thing. But here's the crazy bit: for a guy that size, a one-six-two ten-yard split, a four-six-one forty, mm-hmm. and then he goes and crushes twenty-four on the bench. Yep, yep. and what well, I mean. Yeah, like literally, I mean, everything about this dude is freaky. It's funny, like, I guess he, I just, I don't think his tape was quite as uh, silly as Kyle Pitts because he is, he is bigger, he's bigger than Kyle Pitts and they ask him to do a lot more traditional tight end stuff, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's an athletic super freak. Yeah, he, his vertical is 38 inches at what, six, seven? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, that's crazy. So, I think I think he's a day two guy for sure. But man, yeah. I would be. I don't think of tight ends as super sexy picks a lot of the time because other than like if unless it's like a Kyle Pitts, um, probably because they take a while to develop. Usually, yeah. like typically, yeah. it, it takes a tight end a year or two to get it to get acclimated. But I would be uh, I would be very excited if the Cowboys drafted uh, Jelani Woods for sure. And it protects you as well with what is. Ever your plan is for Dalton Schultz because it doesn't. I don't know if there's a long-term plan for him. Whether, like I've said to you before, it seems to be the Cowboys' plan with tight ends is to draft them, develop them, and then release them into the NFL. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, certainly. With the the one obvious exception of Jason Witten, they sure. Yeah, yeah. To, I, yeah. I, I mean, right now. I I would guess that Dalton Schultz is not going to get a long-term deal here. I think they're ideally their goal is to find his replacement in this draft and let him develop behind Dalton for a year. And then they let Dalton head out next year and get a comp pick for him. That is my educated guess. Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, I think the only reason why we franchised Dalton was the whole Blake Jarwin thing that you would potentially be looking at brand new starters uh, across the board at the tight end position because I don't think McKeon's ready to step into a one or a two role necessarily. Um, 
So you'd be looking at bringing somebody in, and then you'd be looking at maybe a draft pick as well. So. Um, yeah, I think if if Blake Jarwin was healthy, I think uh, Dalton Schultz would be a New York Jet right now. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, like uh, the the trouble is that you've got is they just they're, there's so many glaring holes with what they need to do. Uh, the one, well, sorry, the one or two places where there's not glaring holes that randomly, which is odd to say as a cowboy, is safety and corner. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't feel right, does it, to say something like that? I've, I, we're doing, we're filming a video series right now. We do it every spring called Building the Board, where we just sort of look through every position and when and how the Cowboys might address it. And we just shot our safety episode yesterday. And I was like, it feels really weird to sit here and say, like, I don't really think they need to draft a safety. I mean, if they yeah. do, that's that's cool. But I don't think they need to. Um, you know, I was very obviously Jaron Curse speaks for himself. I think everybody was very pleased to see him re-sign. And then Malik Hooker was playing his best ball toward the second half of the season. Yeah. I think Ach- Achilles injuries, uh, that's an injury that typically takes some time to fully recover from. So he was playing pretty well in year one. Remember, he was still working his way back from it during training camp. So he wasn't even all the way ready at the outset of camp. So I think his arrows pointed upward. You got both of those guys on two-year deals. And then you got Donovan Wilson's got one year left on his deal. And they just drafted Izzy McQuamu as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if, if they draft a guy late, that's fine. But, I mean... It, it doesn't stand out to me at all as like a position of need, which is definitely the first time I've ever said that in my career. <laughs> I know. You know, a lot of people keep saying, you know, since COVID, life is all messed up. And you're like, nothing is more true when you see wide receivers getting paid 22, 24 million uh, a year and the Cowboys don't need to draft a safety. It's wild, man. There's all things wrong with this. It feels, unnatural. It, it feels unnatural. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, if I could come and give you a hug, I would, Dave. I would, but... Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, my arms don't stretch the Atlantic, so I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to get back over there, damn it. And maybe, you know, hopefully the Cowboys get announced as one of these London teams yeah. one of these days, but... Well, well, well that was going to be something we was going to ask you. Go on, Paul. Yeah. Well, obviously, when... When I was in Kansas, Dave kind of dropped the wee bombshell. He had the wee, um, what was it you said? It's like, I've got a gut feeling I think we're going to be in London next year. And ever since then, you said that to me. I'm like, it's like, nah, surely not, surely not. So, but after reading up more about the, mm. international, the international series agreement and how the rotation works. So, obviously, this year, it's NFC teams that's hosting. So, Cowboys are not obviously hosting a game this year, like Mexico. And that was the big rumor. So that's not the case. But Jacksonville, they will always will play an NFC team. And the only two NFC teams that are traveling to Jacksonville is the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. It's the only two options. To... So it's a 50-50, I think. If, that's, if it's going based what the international um, series agreement mm. goes by, it's one of those two teams. You know, what's funny is, uh, which, yeah, I mean, you laid it out perfectly. And the minute, the minute I heard, the minute I realized that the Jags were on the schedule as an away team, I was like, 
okay, well, there's at least a shot that they're going to go overseas. Um, the only question for me is remember, like, even as a road team, you make a lot of money off the Dallas Cowboys coming to town. So mm-hmm. the only thing that I wonder about is do the Jags not want to give up that gate? You know, they don't want to give up the money from host. You know, they're going to fill up the stadium, all that type of stuff. Um, well, well, just to add on top of that, Dave, about the stadium, they actually had to. They actually moved from Tottenham mm-hmm. to Wembley. I heard that. I yeah. heard that. So they've gone um, to a bigger stadium. Going to a bigger the stadium. And, is, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Paul. Oh, sorry. They're going to a much bigger stadium, and mm-hmm. that is an indicator that could be. It could be Dallas because, as you know, from back from 2014, the amount of traveling oh, yeah. fans all across the world like, oh, yeah. came, came for that game. It's funny. Uh, I was in, I was in uh, Miami for the owners' meetings last week, and I actually had a conversation with somebody who would know. I'll just classify it that way, and they told me. They were like, yeah, when we when we figure out what's going on with these overseas games. And I was like, you don't know? Like, you yeah. don't know. And they were like, no, I swear to God, like, we still don't know if we're a, a London team or not. No, like, I don't know. And if you go back and look, if you go back and look, like, usually we know the games by now. Like, yeah, right yeah, about they, now, yeah. They yeah. announce, but even, like, they typically announce the overseas games before the rest of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Like when the Cowboys played the Jags in 2014, that game got announced way before the rest of the schedule did. That's mm-hmm. right. And yeah. so um, it was almost around the Super Bowl. I think, I think it was just yeah. the union address or something like that. So it, it's, it, it's interesting to me that it hasn't gotten announced yet. I don't know what's going on with that, but here's hoping fellas. Cause I would love to see you all again. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And, and just to add a more weirdness about this, it's like if they're going to announce the game, like they only announce the only the host teams. So yeah. obviously, Green Bay, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and Arizona are the home teams for the two Tottenham games, the game in Germany, and the game in Mexico, respectfully. So you would have thought, who, well, who are they played against? That's we need to play like. Fans need to know and plan ahead, just like any other time, like when the schedule comes out. Kind of, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Like, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, hey, NFL, the more you drag your feet, the more it's going to be hard for people to get there, unless they yeah. obviously already live in the UK. Um, I was, I'm like, you kind of got to give people a heads up if you expect them to travel overseas. So, I don't know, hopefully, I mean, what, it's... It's early April. I feel, I mean, the schedule will be out in less than a month, so we don't have to wait, or maybe or yeah. a month or so. I mean, it's usually yeah. mid-April onward. I think they even, I mean, I want to say it was in May last year, but even still, it's like early May, you know? Yeah. So hopefully we don't have to wait too much longer. Yeah, probably. It was, right. week, it, was, it was the week after the draft, I think, was when it was announced. So That, that, sounds, still, that you, sounds right. You still got the, the press reports. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, it will be good. But what we'll do is we'll promise just for you, we'll make sure Jamie doesn't bring out the Jaeger again. I don't believe you. I don't believe you at all. I know better. 
you know, Jamie, he, as soon as he sees you, he's going to light up. You know what we, we'll do? We'll even, right, I reckon it'd be good if we all come to the airport to greet you, all dressed as Jaeger balls. Uh, that oh, sounds, God. I mean, I'm already sick thinking about my hangover, but I'll do it for y'all. <laughs> I'll do it for y'all. I'll be honest, man, even the idea of that of me doing that, I don't even feel well doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, glad something, I'm glad, like, old age is kept catching up with you, buddy, because when I met you eight years ago, you, that's all you wanted to do was drink Jaeger. Drink Jaeger and f- play football pretty much. Now I'm just like falling apart piece by piece. Tell me about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know when you know when things are going bad when you make noises getting in and out of your chair. Oh, is that bad? Because I do that all the time, all day, every day. Like sitting down on the couch, standing up from the couch, getting in the car, getting out of the car. I'm just like, oh, oh." yeah. Once you start making those noises, you know that's it. You're getting all over. (laughs) It's all over. um, yeah, I mean, we'll get back to uh, some draft talk with you. Um, try and have a look at some of the questions that came in. So one from DJ Jock said, if Lindebaum um, was the first pick, he could see back-to-back on the offensive line, going back to our conversation a bit earlier. But here's one for you from Christopher uh, Lee. Would you rather win free agency or the draft? Mm. Mm. I think, well, I guess the reason I pause is I mean, people use winning free agency almost sarcastically these days, you know, like the yeah. team that's <laughs> the team that spends the most money wins free agency. And a lot of times it doesn't really work out the way that they envisioned it. And also, if you're winning free agency, that means your roster sucks. Because uh, you <laughs> yeah. have to overspend for other people's free agents, so I would way rather win the draft. I mean, an amazing draft class can absolutely set the tone for a decade of your franchise. Um, that's probably not what Cowboy fans want to hear right now because they want free agents, and I get it. But I would way rather win the draft than free agency. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I'm I'm a I, I, I'm a draft guy anyway, so. <laughs> I'm going to say that, and I agree with you because you have to overpay. Um, but I, I, I'd agree as I'd agree as well. I mean, both are actually lotteries because, you know, as Dave says, you can you can spend money bringing in all these high price free agents, but if you're not actually using them the way that they need to be used, or you know, you pay somebody 15 million a year and they go down week one with an injury that they're out, or potentially retiring after, or whatever. Or, know, or 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 loan those players are just there just to actually just take the money and not actually do anything at all. Uh huh. Well, I I didn't want to say about your Mr. Fridge yeah. freezer. Who you you uh, reference it, Paul? Uh, you know, you know exactly <laughs> who I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't know if you I don't know if you know Dave, but I have a major I, dislike major dislike to Don Terry Poe after that whole year. Like it just did nothing. Like yeah. it was just there, just there for a paycheck. So I'm bit, very bitter with regards to that signing. <laughs> I mean, I get your point, but if somebody offered me twelve million dollars, I'd or whatever it was, I don't even remember how much money. Is that how much he got paid? Oh, I don't. 
What? If, I don't remember, to be honest with you. Hang oh, on, man. Yeah. Oh, I'll find out for you. Oh, I'll pull it up. You really, this is trying to make my misery even more hell. Now. No, it, it <laughs> wasn't. It was. It was. It was nine. It was nine. But <laughs> hey, oh, they, gar- they guaranteed him three and a half million dollars. I'm look. That's how I know I'm not wired to be a pro athlete because if some, you know, if I'm like I'm older and I'm not as good as I used to be. But somebody offers me three and a half million at signing. I'm like, yeah, I'll sign this. Who gives a crap if I get cut? What? I'll <laughs> like, I'll take it if you're giving it away. Hell yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, fair I, enough. I mean, that's three and a half million to you, but, mind you, Dave. Is probably just change. Oh, uh, fair. I mean, yeah, these guys, <laughs> <laughs> these guys throw away more money than I could even dream of. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got I had a question for you, and it, it because you're an LSU guy, right? We're gonna go there. And it's talking about go Tigers. Uh, <laughs> I break I break up my flag, and we're getting to nope. an argument. Don't I'm, do I'm it. Get, oh. <laughs> right. Do so it. Uh, uh, it's more about <laughs> Derek Stingley, because um, he is for me uh, been one of the more harder guys to try and figure out. Freshman year, you go hmm. Yeah, first round. Then he has a somewhat middling year injury. The next year, same thing happens again. Like, what do you do with that? Because at the moment, all we've got to go off is 2019. Yeah, I I think you laid it out perfectly, man. Um, Sting scares the crap out of me because yeah. of everything that you just said. But um, the talents, the talent is absolutely undeniable, though, and that's. I think he reminded everybody that yesterday, which is why he's he's still going to be a top 20 pick. Uh, I just worry. I think you got to draft him into the right spot because on top of being injury prone, and I honestly, I kind of hate this like toxic attitude sometimes among like football people, but I don't think he is like the alpha personality that you need to, yeah. you know, he, he's not going to be the heartbeat of your defense. I don't think so anyway. Uh, I think he needs he needs somebody to kind of feed off of, and you know that that LSU team that he was on as a freshman was full of leaders. Whether yeah. it was Grant Delpit, Christian mm-hmm. Fulton, Patrick Jabril. Queen, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, obviously on the offensive side of the ball as well. But again, yeah, uh, on the offense, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there were plenty of guys for him to sort of take cues from, and I think when they all left. He was he he didn't step up as a as a leader in my opinion. Um, yeah. So that's that's a thing that I worry about. But if you're drafting him into the right uh, into the right circumstance, this is just an example. Obviously, the Rams don't even have a first round pick, so obviously he's not he ain't he ain't going there. But like, if you drafted him onto a team that had Jalen Ramsey, I think he'd probably be fine. You know, I like can take would, the lead for yeah. him. Yeah, if, yeah, if you yeah. drafted him onto a team with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, I think he'd be fine. If you drafted him onto an entirely new young defense in need of a leader, I don't know. I don't. I worry about that. Um, but like I said, I mean, he's he's such a freak athlete. Uh, he's he's so naturally talented. Um, I you know it ain't going to be the Cowboys' problem because if I had to guess, he'll go he'll go in the top 15. Uh, But we talked about this on the draft show, actually. If for some reason he did fall. That was going to be my question. 
I would draft him. I would absolutely draft him. Uh, a, because, like, you have a chance at a franchise cornerback at 24. That doesn't mm-hmm. happen. I mean, that just doesn't happen. So, um, you got to take a shot. And then also, yeah, I mean, this team has those type of people, whether obviously you have like Micah Parsons and Dak, uh, and, and Trayvon Diggs, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, I think this this team has like that type of character that I wouldn't be worried about him. Uh, you know, I don't think he would need to like step up for lack of a better way to put it. So yeah, I mean, I would totally draft him if he were there at twenty four. I just don't think he will be. But then, say you make that pick at twenty four. Obviously, we know there are other needs for the Cowboys, but you take that. What is that going to do then for, like, you know, if we just go through the, the cornerback roster group? We know Trayvon is Trayvon. He's not going anywhere. You've got Anthony Brown. So is he, Stingley, he's going to push Brown now. But then what's that going to do to the guy like Calvin Joseph? I know, obviously, we had, we didn't see much of him, but we can't attest to how he's going to develop. What's that going to do to a guy like him? Uh, you got some phenomenal depth. I'd say that's, okay. I mean, and that's ultimately, that's why, uh, you know, Derek, Derek Stingley is not going to wind up on this team. I don't think it's anything we need to worry about, but that does go into your consideration. But I mean, in a vat, like again, like you draft the best player possible, right? Like you yeah, don't yeah. go, you yeah. don't go away from a potentially great player because you drafted a guy last year. I mean, it is what it is. You, you can have regrets about that later, but you take the swing on the you take the swing on the potentially generational player every time. Um, I think if that were to happen, I think you could probably you, I would try to shop Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown and say, hey, will yeah. anybody give me anybody want to give me a day three pick for one of these guys? Uh, otherwise, you just let them battle it out. And if if Kelvin Joseph is your third or fourth best corner. It probably means you got a pretty damn good cornerback room, which is not the worst thing in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, I'm just see if I can dip into the questions. Well, well, b- b- you before you, well, before you go into the questions, I just saw on Twitter yeah. that uh, t- the Honey Badgers just had a virtual visit with the Eagles. Oh, boy. Oh, yep. God. Yep. So. Uh, mm. Well, you it- use. Go on, sorry, Paul. Keep keep going. Oh, oh no, that, 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 that's that pretty much. Oh. It was just, <laughs> that was that. Well, here's one for you, Dave, as well, that we were asking Jeff. And Jeff seems to think that linebacker isn't so much of a need anymore. That he's thinking, wait, post-draft, maybe get a linebacker for depth, a body, if you like, for depth in free agency, the next wave after after the draft. Where do you, where, where, how do you rank? Nicobe Dean and Devin Lloyd. How have you got them ranked? Man, I love uh I love Nicobe Dean. He's one yeah. of my Yeah, I mean you talk I got it's I don't it doesn't really count as a pet cat if it's a first round pick, but Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I love Nicobe Dean. I love his instincts. He's always like he knows where the ball's going before anybody else does. He's just fun as hell to watch on tape. Um I think the Cowboy honestly, I don't I don't think Nicobe Dean is big enough for the Cowboys. Obviously, like they lean toward these bigger prospects. Mm. Uh, Micah Parsons speaks for himself. They're very big on arm length. Um, so I don't know if they would draft Nicobe Dean. I do think they might draft Devin Lloyd. 
who is a much bigger prospect. Um, very, very fun player. Although, and this is just reading tea leaves from what the Cowboys have said. Um, you know, they have Micah. They brought back Layton. They're excited about what Jabril Cox might be able to do. And then the big wild card in all of this is that Jaron Curse is basically a linebacker. I mean, yeah. that's what that's what he does. He's not really a coverage player. At least not – he's not a deep coverage player. He's a slot guy. He's a tight end guy. He gets yeah. down. He's in the he's in the box way, way more often than your average safety. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you think about that, it does make you think like, okay, they're probably not going to spend a big resource on a linebacker. Like I think if they were to draft Devin Lloyd, it would be because they got wiped out of all their other options. Like I think they would draft an offensive lineman or a receiver before Devin Lloyd. Um, and maybe that's just kind of a break glass in case of emergency. I do think you need, I think you need more bodies though. Obviously yes. Layton's on, Layton's on a one year deal. Um, we don't know for sure what they have in Cox. We just, he yes. just hasn't played that much football um, at the NFL level anyway. What's and his outlook so, like, by the way, Dave, with Jabril Cox? Everything I've heard is that he's progressing the way that you would want him to. I don't yeah. know what that means for, you know, I don't know if he'll be ready for OTAs. He got hurt week six, so like mm. mid-October. So, I mean, if if an average ACL timeline is eight or nine months, you would think that gives him plenty of time to be back. But I always – I mean, no two injuries are the same. I Like, yeah. I feel like we – you need to remind people of that. It's like this isn't Madden where you're like, he's out for eight months, but he'll be back exactly eight months later. Like, some guys yeah. take more time. Blake Jarwin tore his ACL week one of 2020 – and wasn't practicing until like a week into training camp. He missed the whole, he missed all of OTAs. So yeah. uh, you don't know for sure, but I'm optimistic that he'll be available by training camp at least. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think of linebacker more as something you start looking at after the first two picks. Like, I don't know if they need to use a, I don't think they need to use 24 or 56 on a linebacker, but Starting in the third round and definitely on day three. Okay, uh, so if you go day three, day three could make you very happy and ask you to talk about Damone Clark then. Oh, I no? love Damone Clark. Oh, well, the, the way you said oh, that, I was like, oh, I, I've touched a nerve, have I? <laughs> well, the, I mean, the guy, the poor guy had surgery on a spinal, like he yeah. had spinal fusions. He's going to miss his rookie year. Um, yeah. So I love him as a player. Mm-hmm. How early do you draft a guy that's not going to be ready for a year? I just, I hate it for him. I mean, I think, I think he's a second or third round pick if he's healthy, but, you know, he might not even get drafted. Um, possible. I would probably wait. I would wait on him until at least the, like, I mean, the fifth round is the absolute earliest I would consider drafting him. And even then, there might be other guys that could help you more. Uh, yeah, I just it like sucks for him. Hey Walker, something like that. Then you're thinking. I mean that. See, that's uh, there are a lot of good linebackers in this class. Like I just, I mean, I just pulled up the list. I mean, any of the Georgia guys. Uh, and, yeah. Walker's great. Channing Tendall is great. Yeah. Um, who? Uh, a lot of people are really Asamoah. high on Le- uh, Asamoah, Leo Chanel out of uh, Wisconsin. 
Mm-hmm. I just wonder, like, how how late can you get those guys? You know, uh, I think Walker specifically. I mean, it's at least possible. It's it's possible he's a first round pick. It's at least possible. Yeah, I can see where you're going. Yeah, I mean, because like, I, I th- there's a lot that you could do with a linebacker position. You know, d- depending where you want to go with it. Um, and like you say, I think day three is a place if they do want to go down that road. But Jeff was fully into not drafting a linebacker at all and addressing everything else. See, I, I mean, at the end of the day, you got nine picks, and only, only two or three of them are going to contribute in a major way, anyway. You know, even yeah. like we, we all love this draft class that they just had. Micah was amazing, but really. Micah and Osa were like the only two dudes that had like big time roles, you know, like it's, yeah. it takes time. Um, so especially once you get to like the fifth round, I'm like, whatever, draft whoever the hell you want to. He's not going to do a whole lot as a rookie. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I, yeah, I, I would say I would feel better waiting until like day three. Yeah. But, um, but I wouldn't have a problem with it. Right, so I've got a wee question, and it's not necessarily in regards to linebacker, it's more defensive end. So, as you know, David Ojabo from Michigan, he's Scottish, right? It's probably yeah. Like, but but uh, obviously, it's a shame what happened to him in his pro day. He's not, I don't, he's not going to be in the first round anymore because of that. But do you think where do you see where would you see him lying like in day two or? maybe even a day three because of what happened to him. Do you think Jerry might pull the trigger on it, perhaps? I'm not, I know I'm causing an absolute bollock of a question here, but... You think you think Jerry's going to pull a Cowboys special? It wouldn't surprise Gregory, me. Gregory, Jalen Smith. Um, yeah, yeah. I just think of Mike McCarthy. He's not going to let that happen. Again, going back to hot butts. Mike true. doesn't have the final say at the end of the day. So that is also true. That is also true. Yeah, but uh, I'll take, well, take the CD lamp out for sure. Uh, that's a, it's a really good question. And there's, I mean, unfortunately, there's just no way to know the answer short of going and looking at their draft board, which would get me fired. Um, I think, I mean, it, it's a, it's an interesting thought because, again, like the Cowboys pick at 56. Yeah. And David Ojabo has, or before his injury, had that type of athleticism where it's like there's only three or four guys in any given draft that have the ability to, like, really rush the passer. You know, they have that bend and that explosiveness. The athletic, yeah. And a lot of people thought he was one of them. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if you're sitting there at 56 and you don't like your other options, I think it's possible. I think mm-hmm. – the way that I would answer that is I would say I think they'd have to be wiped out on guys that they think could come in and help them right away. Like I think Yeah. Let's let's say they draft Zion Johnson at twenty four and then uh you're sitting there at fifty six with a choice between like David Ajabo and a tight end or a receiver that you really like. You're yeah. gonna take the guy that you can play. I I yeah. think I think anyway. Um Yeah. I mean, so, if, if it was my choice as well, I would rather have someone that was going to contribute to the team like from, from day one 
But <clears> in, in saying that, and I'm, Lauren will be in, it's like if, if we were to actually have a Scottish player playing for the, the Cowboys, oh my God. <laughs> you think me bad enough going to games yep. where my kill was bad enough, God, you have no <laughs> idea what comes next. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't even imagine if a guy who was actually born in Scotland played for the Dallas Cowboys. That would, yeah, I, I understand. I understand the appeal. Yeah. It's, what, it's why we want. It's why we wanted Obada to do so well as well, you know. Yeah, which, right. hey, he's, he's still he's playing. Just signed. Still is, he's with. Yeah. He's with Washington now, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I know. It's been a long I mean, road. You, you've got two Scottish players who are currently on the roster of the Giants as well. So you know, mm. <laughs> there's no way in hell I'm supporting them. But <laughs> no chance. And the other yeah. thing that I worry about as well with. David Ojabo. I mean, this is a guy that was on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Yeah. So that just goes to yeah. tell you how much of a freak athlete he is. But it's his burst and his initial get off, plus his range. That is just yeah. crazy. And you say as well, Dave, you know, he's, he's very bendy, uh, can get around the edge quick. And I just worry with an Achilles, because it was an Achilles injury, what that's going to do to the thing he's best at. What's that going to do yep. to him in that initial step and burst? Totally. I mean, Rushing the passer is all about explosiveness and the quickness and the, you know, the way you get off. Uh, yeah. And so, I mean, I'm with you. And it's fun. Like ACLs, uh, modern mm. medicine is so great. Like, no, like ACLs don't even bother me anymore. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> nine months from now, like, let's go. It'll be fine. But like Achilles, that's, that's still a pretty tricky injury. I think people still really struggle to come back from that. And you'll even, if you talk to, People that have done it will even say, you know, I didn't feel like I was back to myself until the second year after my injury. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you do the math on that. Maybe if he ever becomes the same player, it might not be until his second year in the league or, or maybe later. Yeah, it's I yeah. mean, it's I feel terrible for him, but definitely. Yeah, I would uh, I would probably look elsewhere if it were me. And when you think as well, the most important part of, you know, uh, um, coming into the NFL, that rookie season is probably the most important in terms of development, building your athletic profile, and you've just fallen behind with that, you know? Like with Jalen Smith, I always say that I don't think Jalen Smith was a bad player, but it's just that he spent the first part of his NFL career being able to walk again. And that's the time when you're trying to build your athletic profile to play in the NFL. It's still remarkable you actually get to play in the first place with that type of yeah. injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but I've got one more question for you, Dave. Uh, and then, you know, I said it was an hour we'll have with you and we'll let you crack on and finish doing your washing. Um, no worries. Yeah, shit, hit me. Let's go. <laughs> the last one was, um, with one of the comp picks, do you think they're going to draft a kicker? And if so, which kicker would you pick? Do it! Oh, my God. Just do it. <laughs> Um, I hope so. <laughs> I hope they haven't signed one yet because they're going to try to draft one. Because honestly, like, why else would you wait? Yeah. You know, they're, like, there's a bunch of kickers that are out there unemployed right now. Like, why else would you wait unless you were trying to draft one? Um, I'm biased. I would draft Cade York. He went to LSU, made mm -hmm. a lot of big kicks for us. He can They'll hit from like. Too. Oh yeah, I mean he's got a crazy strong leg. Uh, yeah. He's like he can hit from like sixty yards. He can boom it out of the back of the end zone. Um, 
I would draft him in the fifth round. Honestly, I would draft yeah. him with my first pick in the fifth round just to make sure I get him. Fine I by me. Fifth yep. Or, you know, if, if they like Cameron Dicker more, though, the Texas kid, that's fine, too. I don't care. Just draft a freaking kicker. Mm-hmm. It ain't hard. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but I hope they do it. And because the, the two guys you just mentioned, because uh, it's one thing we've talked about before on you is that it's all well and good looking at field goals, where's your longest kick. But the thing I like to watch, and it doesn't take you long, is can they clear the end zone on a kickoff? And not many people think about that when it comes to drafting a kicker. Sure. And that's, and we can make fun of Greg Zerline all day, but um, that's a big reason why they liked having him around too. That's why like yep. they thought about bringing him back because he's He'll valuable on, on kickoffs and, yep. and he can – not only can he clear it out of the end zone, but like he can do whatever you want him to. Like if you want to try a d- directional kick or sometimes you'll say like, Hey, let's short it on purpose here. Cause we don't trust their return guy or we think we can pin him inside the 15 or whatever. Like he was very good at, at that type of directional kicking Just was not overly reliable as a field goal kicker, which ultimately is the most important thing. Yes. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I hope they're going to draft a kicker because. They should. Um, and, yeah. like, it's funny. Mo- I, I went and looked at this. Like, most of the – yeah, like, Roberto Aguayo obviously was a terrible decision by the Buccaneers. <laughs> but, like, usually if a kicker's good enough to get drafted, like, well, you know, in the fifth, sixth round, usually if you're good enough to get drafted, you're pretty good. Like, Matt Gay was a fifth-round pick. He's a pro bowler now. Um, Evan McPherson was a fifth-round yeah, pick. I'm He's just, just, he, yep. He was yep. a big part of how he the Bengals clutch, got the Super Bowl. Absolute yeah. clutch. So identify the one that you like the most and go get him, Cowboys. That's my advice. Yeah, can't go wrong with that one. I mean, because it, it seems to be, like you say, that when you, again, connect the dots, they haven't done anything there. I know they've got a guy under contract, um, you know, who's, I think, taken one kick so far in the NFL, but. All right, yep. there we go. But I mean, you know, there there are other options if they wanted to go undrafted, which seems to be the Cowboys' way with kickers, and they they managed to, you know, find the diamond in the rough in the those undrafted or just some guy in a parking lot as has happened before. I'm actually, <laughs> I, I'm actually, I'm totally on board with Dave saying. Like, I actually, you know what? It's like mix it up, do something different. You know, why not? That's like, and again, I mean. I I look at it, this is just me, and obviously, like, you find diamonds in the rough every year. We all know Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. We get it. But the first four rounds are where you're looking for players that you're confident are going to help you and have a role at, like, have a defined role on your team. Those are the guys you draft to eventually be starters. Mm-hmm. Fifth through seventh round is just a freaking crapshoot. Like nobody knows who's going to be good or what's going to happen. A lot of those guys are not going to hang around your team for very long. I mean that you know, people hate on Anthony Brown, but what makes his story so cool is like he's been as successful as he's been as a sixth round pick. That's not normal. Um, Wilson. Huh. I was just about yeah. to say Antonio Brown. It's just like it's just his personality or whatever and that, but you can't deny his football ability. So, but. If it's all, if it's just a random crapshoot, like, try to, I mean, go find the kicker that you think is the best and give it a try. Cause 
the guy that like is a linebacker you draft in the fifth round likely to be better than the best kicker in the draft? Probably not. There you yeah. go. That, yeah. that, that, even our own very own Dak Prescott, fourth round. There we go. It's it's amazing though that we seem to do well in the sixth round, but fifth round seems to be you know. <laughs> That's a great point too, Lauren. Like yeah. they kind of suck in the fifth round anyway, so just go get a kicker. What's the worst that can happen? He sucks, just like every other fifth round pick for the last decade. Fine. <laughs> no, please don't. I don't want another kicker that's going to stress me out. I've got too many smashed glasses in this house already after last season. But that's hey, maybe maybe if you if you draft the best kicker in the class, maybe he'll be you know hopefully he'll be great. If he sucks, well, what are you going to do? I mean that's that's football. My wife asked me, she said, if it, we've got a kick, and I said no, and she's gone and bought plastic cups. <laughs> Smart. That's real. Yeah, Smart. They're, they're, in, they're in the cupboard still in plastic ready. So there we go. But that is the hour uh, we said we'd take up of your time, day, because um, we know you've got other things going on, and anything could happen with the Cowboys, and you'd have to rush off and I gotta go. I got the the pressing matters of my dirty laundry and my dog who needs to go on a walk. So that's the exciting <laughs> life that I'm living right now. Nothing wrong being the dog dad, mate. Nothing wrong with it. No, definitely. Wouldn't love it. Absolutely love it. He's been like, he's been giving me puppy dog eyes for the last like 30 minutes. Like, when are we going out? I need to be. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like looking at his paw for a wristwatch. Yeah, but um, yeah, exactly. um, we are live as well during the draft. I know you do your own thing as well, but if you get a chance, we'll shoot you a message like I, I normally do. See what you're yeah, up to. Shoot me, shoot me a message. I'm, I'm going to be busy during the draft itself, but yeah. I might be available, you know, Thursday before it starts. So just uh, holler at me and we'll try to sort something out. Yeah, excellent, mate. Um, we'll try and get you on, get a, get a draft prediction for from you and Love we'll it. see what, what comes about. Don't forget, we've got day two and day three as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we're not I, like. Oh, go on. Sorry, Dave. Oh, oh, y'all. So, I mean, I'll be available. I'll be available Friday too. Saturday will be kind of. Saturday is crazy because like, the draft starts at eleven, yeah. which means I've got to be in the studio by like ten thirty at the latest, and I live like forty minutes from the facility, so. I get up pretty early on Saturday of the draft to make sure I got everything <laughs> taken care of. But, and Dave uh, yeah. is so fast. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But yeah, just message me. We'll 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 figure something out. All right, mate. Well, we'll leave you to it. Right. Go let you walk your dog, and uh, I'll send you a message. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Appreciate See you, it, bro. I'll talk Take to you all soon. See you, mate. And that was the David Hellman joining us this week. Um, so, yes, there we go. Um, so that's it for this week from ourselves. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We will be back on Tuesday, although me and Paul are on again tomorrow on another show. So. Yep, and I've got a special guest on the on the Worlds, Worlds team. I've actually got um, Texas Tech um, guard Dawson Deaton on the show. So that'll be it's like quite really interesting character. Like, well, it really depends what's how because he was one of the guys who's going to visit the Cowboys, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, yeah. It'll be worth worth checking out as well. But yeah, we'll definitely the other show we're going to be doing as well, man. I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, so that's tomorrow for us. Um, yeah, yeah. And then oh, we'll oh, be we, back- did, oh, oh, we didn't even mention who it's with. Sorry. 
uh, <laughs> with Jay Tuck over uh, in Kansas. Or, um, yep. doing stuff with Kansas Radio. But, and, um, and also, congrats, Jay Tuck. Congrats to Kansas, the basketball yeah, national, yep. national champions. Congrats, my friend. Yeah, we'll uh, certainly talk about that with him. Um, but you'll see us over there if you're you're about. If you you put matchsticks in your eyes, we'll be uh, continuing <laughs> on. Um, yeah, yeah, we will be. Uh, but Tuesday, we're back for the Prospect Project show. Next Thursday, another special guest again. <laughs> Coming in thick and fast. Uh, but, uh, oh, we'll best do the, the sponsor read. Uh, go for it, Paul. It's your turn. Is it? All right, okay then. Um, what? What? Yep. So, if you're if you're planning going to a Dallas Cowboys game this year, be sure to go with CowboysExperience.com for the ultimate meet and greet tailgate and game day package experience. You get to meet players like from Michael Gallup there, as you can see, Zach Martin, former players like Travis Frederick, Drew Pearson, and many, many more. But guys, I, if you... I know, I know. But be sure to use the code UK Cowboys, and you shall receive free stuff. Whoop, and whoop. also, and also, as Mike just had in the screen there, go and check out the other content creators for the Cowboys. Apologies, apologies, yeah, no, there it all no. is. Everybody yeah, there, so, everybody there. Yeah, so one of point three the fan, hanging with the boys, Cowboys Zone, J-Tuck, Cowboys fans only, which is now called CFO Sports. Be sure, mm. to, go check, be, be sure to go and check that out, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Yes, um, so I'm going to let these guys... Uh, finish the show off and then we will see you on the flip side see you on Tuesday guys take it away see you later guys have a good one yeah I won't see you next week because I'll be sunning myself in the Algarve but um, I'll see you the week after that alright I'm going to cut you off now. <laughs> <laughs> see you later guys have a great weekend